Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 414 of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, I have with me Jim Garcia. Jim is an internal auditor who has worked at various jobs literally across the world doing internal audit, root cause analysis, and gap analysis. Today, we will talk about his favorite audit assignment. But first, as many of you know, I've expanded the Compliance Podcast Network, and I'm always on the outlook for new podcasts. If you've ever wanted to start a podcast but really didn't know how to do so, listen to a word from our sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business. And One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. Jim's had a 30-plus year career in internal audit. He's audited companies literally around the globe and specifically in the FCPA realm. But today we're going to talk about one of Jim's favorite audits. He recently completed a multi-year project with the San Diego Zoo. It's a fascinating exploration of the role of internal audit, what is risk in an organization, and how do you deal with multiple stakeholders in a nonprofit. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and you are in for a real treat today. Today, I have with me Jim Garcia. Jim and I met at a recent um, Association of Certified Fraud Examiners Houston chapter meeting, and it turned out that we had a, a fair amount in common, at least with our backgrounds in the FCPA. And so I had the chance to visit with Jim, and he had one of the most, uh, uh, I should say he's an internal auditor, and he had one of the most interesting assignments I've heard for audit, and I asked him if he could come on the podcast and talk about it, and it was his work in the internal audit realm for the San Diego Zoo. So, Jim, with that uh, somewhat long-winded uh, introduction, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hey, my pleasure. Good afternoon. So, Jim, you've had a, a, a long and distinguished career in audit. You've worked uh, for corporations. You've been really at the forefront, I think, of uh, teaching and education and helping uh, younger internal auditors through uh, professional work with the ACFE. But I was wondering if you might just uh, detail uh, for our audience uh, your professional background, uh, uh, your FCPA work, and really what brought you to the point where the San Diego Zoo would call you. Well, it does take me back. I mean, I started way back in the day with Texaco as an accountant and moved on to different internal audit assignments, Um, then started doing a lot of contractor audits, and myself and others wrote the contractor audit and the fraud manual for Texaco. And then I was asked to go over and work with some of the international auditors, and I ended up in West Africa. And that was kind of like at the forefront, 97 or so when the FCPA violations were starting to, uh, the investigations were starting to gain traction and the attention of the DOJ. So Texaco was very uh, anxious to make sure that we took the right remediation action and disclosures. And so finally, uh, I was just asked just to stay over there for the last four years of my career. Uh, Once Chevron took over, I decided to take early retirement and then moved on to doing different socks. I've been back to Nigeria eight times on different uh, assignments and fraud investigations and litigation support. 
Um, and because uh, I, I really have no problem. I enjoyed the work over there and I enjoyed the people. Just have to understand the culture and work within certain limitations. Um, I had a, a very enjoyable five years with Target Resources as their chief audit executive. Uh, when I had a chance to move on, I, I took it and I was doing some work with one of the majors so I could do more international travel when I traveled to five or six different countries doing FCPA support as well as uh, vendor reviews. Um, I was uh, at home just sitting around and I got a call from one of the colleagues I worked with back in 95 in Nigeria and he was telling me about a fraud that he had experienced. He was the third party outsourced internal auditor for the San Diego Zoo in San Diego and he wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming over and performing a, a risk review, a fraud risk review, uh, because what had happened was there was a supervisor at one of the retail uh, outlets at the zoo that had been substituting void slips uh, for cash, and she was able to use and cajole her subordinates into letting her use their pass cards uh, and in order to make these transactions as well as the ones she did herself. It came to light when someone complained about that use through the employee hotline and the investigation uh, ensued and it was written up in the newspapers there um, and uh, the lady was convicted and served a little bit of time. So since the San Diego Zoo has three main components that comprise San Diego Zoo Global, uh, they have the main zoo in San Diego proper, then out in Escondido about oh, 20 or 30 miles north, they have the San Diego Zoo Safari Park, huge, huge campus with, uh, with the collections. And then also adjacent is the Institute Conservation Research, uh, where they, they are uh, in 35 different countries where they assist uh, to complete the mission of the San Diego Zoo Global uh, Society and, and uh, Foundation, which is to prevent the extinction, extinction of animals. One of the things that was interesting about the initial fraud is um, there wasn't really an automated system for, for catching these voids or a process. Uh, the marketing group really came forward and looked into it. But uh, like I said, there was two other entities. And the other one, of course, is the Safari Park. And they needed some uh, encouragement and assistance in applying the same kind of uh, IT controls and processes. So uh, they they enthusiastically um, went after it. It's like two divisions not talking to each other. So we spent a lot of time uh, facilitating that. And then as I was asked to build a fraud matrix, I used that opportunity to compare how the different entities were approaching similar subjects. Because, you know, there's, you know, $100 million in transactions each year or over that. And, uh, that's point of sale, that's membership, that's receipt of donations, receipt of charitable contributions. Uh, there's a lot of money that goes through that organization. They've got assets of between seven and eight hundred million dollars uh, currently. They had uh, about five million people go through 
both the safari park and the zoo last year. So they were setting new records. I think a lot of that has to do with they've spent over $80 million, I know, at the zoo for the Africa Rocks exhibits, which takes uh, uh, visitors through seven different uh, temperate zones, all the way from the, the high deserts to, all the way down to uh, Antarctica. Uh, very, very well done. Um, and then out of the safari park, they got the uh, a walkabout, which is an Australian theme park. Jim, it sounds like in this process, in addition to uh, audit work, you did a lot of education and really getting people to to talk across silos. Would that be a fair assessment? It was, and it was quite enjoyable. Uh, you know, I know you've done a lot of work in the energy business, and uh, the people can sometimes be quite cynical <laughs> and very protective. Um, the attitude for those folks over there was uh, they want to just complete their mission, and uh, you know that they're, they're 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 Southern Californians, and they're they're pretty laid back, and and. Uh, they, they rose to the occasion to, to move out of those silos. So how did you actually test for internal control weaknesses when you have that variety of compensation, of charitable donations, and, and types of uh, – or different uh, avenues for money to flow into the organization? Well, I really wasn't there to, uh, to so much supplement the existing internal audit plan because um, – the gentleman had all those areas basically covered and with the higher folks to, to test the internal controls. I started looking at it from a, what can go wrong and do we have the right uh, governance and uh, controls in place as they existed. For example, I started just applying basic COSO socks uh, entity level controls like uh, do purchase orders and contracts have audit clauses. That's something that had been overlooked, and uh, the general counsel got on that right away, and we started putting in standard TNCs on the POs and contracts for aut- the right to audit the vendors, which later turned out to be uh, very useful um, as we continue the discussion. Uh, in addition to uh, – I think you, you you mentioned a little bit earlier that you found at least one – I don't want to say obvious fraud, but one that you uh, pretty easily detected or or at least the zoo had a suspicion of. How did um, you test for control for control weaknesses around that initial fraud you uncovered? Well, it's just kind of a root cause analysis to see why it wasn't detected and what, what good standard controls could have um, prevented it or detected it. I went on to test their cash handling controls uh, by doing surprise counts. Uh, there's a lot of cash that goes through. It's not just all credit cards. And then I also worked with uh, uh, one of their in-house guys that really focuses on the credit card um, uh, fraud type aspect and, the, and fraudulent ticket sales. A very interesting gentleman. Jim, you and I um, both sort of grew up in the energy space, and and you mentioned that perhaps we are more cynical here in Houston. Um, But people who work at a zoo uh, may have multiple reasons for doing so, multiple motivations. Uh, 
They may enjoy working with animals. They may enjoy working with the public. They may feel that they're engaging in a greater good. Um, how do people who uh, I would say are at least different than a t- typical energy company employee, how do they react to uh, someone coming in and, and really performing a root cause analysis and, and if not suggesting uh, remediation of internal controls, at least pointing out some internal control weaknesses? Yeah, great question. Um, the folks at the zoo were, were very receptive. Um, I'm kind of a hands-on guy, and I like to get to know the folks and how their processes uh, and procedures uh, work. And since I've got that, you know, as you say, quite a lot of uh, long-on-the-tooth experience, it was quite easy to see when something didn't quite make sense. Um, so it really wasn't that difficult. The idea was just talking to the right folks and understanding uh, their accounting system and their purchasing system. I was a little intrigued when uh, when you told me that one of the uh, or one of the suggested uh, control remediations involved the human uh, resources director agreeing to strengthen controls. Uh, as well. Could you at least relate how an HR director uh, might be impacted or might impact what is traditionally seen as a financial control? Um, as, uh, as I got going building the fraud matrix, the CFO requested that I go visit with him because she had wanted to know a little bit more about how gift cards, so she could see <laughs> how many how much money was going through gift cards, and she wanted to know what kind of controls were in place. Uh, the H, the former H, now he's a former HR guy. He, he's no longer works there, but he was at quite. He was kind of like hands-on doing every, trying to do everything himself. So we talked about oh, segregation of duties and uh, the proper controls. And actually, he was quite relieved to not have to do that. And I said, well, look, I'll help you set up. Uh, recommend some procedures for you, and I think you've got some people here that are are competent. And uh, that was one of the easier things I did in the two years that I was there. Um, anyway, the, the CFO liked the way that worked out, so she asked me to start looking at more deep dives and continuing on with just looking at the different expenditures for vendors. I could see that uh, there was quite a lot of money going through uh, benefit plans, and uh, that needed some additional oversight by the financial group. At least their expertise in, get, you know, getting down into the nitty gritty, the details, the reconciliations, um, and so the CFO refocused human resources to to work on that uh, because previously. Uh, HR had given it a good shot, but really didn't have the visibility into the union programs. And of course, uh, without shedding too much light on the organization, but they're a well-known organization uh, that was uh, handling um, these third-party benefits. So uh, that that kind of led to, to more. Jim, just keep going, doing dive audits. In fact, she kind of played a play on words like these were guerrilla style audits and it wasn't the gorilla that you think of as, as the uh, large uh, enclosed animal. <laughs> it was more like go to war and let's see what else you can find. 
So um, I've, I've been privileged to go to the San Diego Zoo a few times. I've actually been a member in prior years. And um, one of the things I observe, Jim, when I go to the zoo is they're constantly upgrading. They're constantly um, rebuilding. They're constantly in new construction. It's, it seems to be ongoing, and it doesn't take away from my experience as a, as a zoo member, but it did lead me to wonder, um, how did you look into – uh, uh, well, it led, led me to a- want to ask you, was that an area that you needed to take a look at? And if you did take a look at it, what were some of the things that you tested from the internal controls perspective? Yeah, the, it, it's amazing the amount of construction. One of the most enjoyable things was going behind the scenes and being uh, escorted to where all these major capital projects were, were doing. And since I've done quite a bit of that in the world business, I was just kind of, you know, looking at the procure to pay, the bidding. Um, especially the bidding to see how that was being done. A lot of these projects uh, are kind of like for specialists, but there are some that uh, like building bridges uh, around an exhibit. You know, um, a, a good contractor, general contractor knows how to do that. Replacing uh, HVAC, um, pretty standard stuff. And uh, so you just looked at where the bids being solicited in the proper way? Were they being recorded? Um, Was there favoritism to one contractor over another? Uh, Were there potential conflicts of interest uh, between the employees uh, responsible and the uh, contractors? Um, All of those were areas that turned out to be high risk that that required some remediation. Uh, Again, um, management jumped right on it because uh, it's very important that um, the reputation of the zoo, because of the amount of money that folks are willing to contribute and to sponsor, um, that they they feel that the, the zoo management are, are stewards, are good stewards of, of that trust. One of the things that uh, I find surprising in my FCPA anti-corruption compliance world is that companies, businesses, or entities who think they have no FCPA uh, anti-corruption exposure, turns out that they may have some. And I I noted, uh, I guess it seems to me with the educational component of the zoo, they have uh, literally an international field conservation program, and that uh, it may not be their uh, largest effort. Their largest effort may be you know, people like me, uh, either zoo members or, or people who want to go through the turnstiles every day. But uh, even a uh, entity like the San Diego Zoo might have an exposure they had not considered. Did you find that as well? There were some discussions around that, but they, the legal department had hired uh, some some folks to come in and review that. Um, the relationship that the the society has with the uh, mostly government entities, um, all of those relationships are passed through the legal department and a third-party legal firm. Uh, so they're aware of that. And we had a you know very productive discussion concerning it, um, and it's certainly in their risk universe. Well, Jim, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but this sounds like it uh, it really was just a fascinating project on an intellectual level, on a professional level, and a uh, very satisfying, emotionally uh, uh, satisfying 
project for you uh, working with the people and the institution itself. It certainly was, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. So, Jim, I was wondering if uh, anyone wanted to uh, find out uh, more about your work at the zoo, your services, if they could um, contact you, and if so, how could they do it? Well, it can, they can go through LinkedIn, of course. That's a good way for messaging. Or they can send me an email at jimgarcia57 at AOL.com. I still use the old-fashioned AOL. It works. <laughs> well, and I would just say uh, Jim's got some great stories, and we just touched on uh, just one of them today. So if you want to hear some really interesting stories from the internal audit perspective and you're a compliance practitioner, Jim is really the guy that talks to you. So, Jim, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Myself included. Take care. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Jim Garcia at jgarcia57 at aol.com. I hope you'll join me again next week for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.